what I've come to see and believe, and this has been in part from other researchers I've followed, but also my own research, there was an advanced ancient civilization, which most people know as Tartaria, that goes back to ancient Mu. Very advanced humans, very big humans, giants. We're being manipulated. We're being lied to, to keep us in fear. Yo, what's up? It's Donut, and I got a special guest with me today, Michelle Gibson. And her website is Piercing the Veil of Illusion. It was just full of all this good information that really awoke my mind, body, and spirit, which doesn't happen a lot. It's just full of information of ley lines and symbols and sacred geometry. Thank you very much, Donut, for that. I appreciate it. We've been talking a little bit before this already, but we do apparently share Sedona in common. For anybody that's ever had their path come through here or stayed here for a while, it is a magical place. It has a a tourist component, and I think I've heard of, of an estimate of 4 million people a year come through here. The main road going through town can be pretty crowded sometimes, but it's an amazing place to live. And I've lived here since, in this area, since 2017. It's part of what's called the Verde Valley, which is a reference to the Verde River. And then there's also Oak Creek that goes through here. And there's a lot of interesting things around Oak Creek. And I'm hoping to get you up here sometime so we can do some, not exactly touristy kinds of things, but I can show you some things that you're not going to see pointed out by a tour guide, or at least not not the way that I, (laughs) I can show you some things. Because sure. um, this is a very ancient place, and you know, once you shift your perception, which is what my my website and I turn all of my blog posts into videos, and I have a YouTube channel. It's about shifting your perception, because this ancient civilization is all around us. You're still in Arizona, right? Yes, I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I can show you some things around Phoenix. I mean, there's pyramids all over this place. Really, <laughs> you know, and you just all you have to do is just stop looking at it as a mountain or a volcano. <laughs> it changes the landscape, and especially between Sedona and the Scottsdale, Phoenix area where you are, um, there's Prescott and Dewey Humboldt. If you ever come up this way, we can go down that way, and I can show you the pyramids around there. If you look up a gentleman by the name of Gary David, he has a website called the Orion Zone. I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but he talks about the star map that's here in Arizona, like Orion, but others as well. And it's the same thing that you find in the Nile River Valley. Wayne Herschel is a South African researcher that's done a lot of research on the Nile River Valley and the, the pyramids that form that are like a mirror of constellations. What's a star map? What I've come to see and believe, and this has been in part from other researchers I've followed, but also my own research, is that there was an advanced ancient civilization, which most people know as Tartaria, um, and that's how it's becoming known, but it's part of a very ancient civilization that goes back to ancient Mu, which is also Lemuria. It was very advanced humans, and I believe very big humans. Like... Um, giants. Nephilim or Anunnaki type? Not necessarily um, human. I mean, they were human, but they were much bigger than we are today. There were giant skeletons that were unearthed 
in the 19th century, yeah, 19th century that used to be on display, they're gone. Those are the skeletons you hear that the Smithsonian came and got and took away. The establishment that is responsible for removing this civilization from our awareness does not want us to know this information. They want us to think we were caveman to we're the most evolved we've ever been, which isn't true. We were at a much higher level of consciousness as well as ability and building and creativity. And we knew we were one. We knew we were one. We weren't, you know, at this polarization um, that we've experienced because that information has been removed. And this ancient advanced civilization built the world's infrastructure, all of it. How long ago uh, was the Mu? So it, the Mu would have been the most ancient. And um, when I see the red rocks of Sedona here, I see ancient infrastructure. So like Thunder Mountain and Sugarloaf and Coffee Pot and Boynton Canyon and, you know, everything around here. I think is an example of the most ancient infrastructure that goes back to Mu. Wow. And you find this same type of red rock or similar looking, let's, let's call it melted masonry. And, and that's like a, a whole nother subject that I'm not as up on, but you know, the whole idea that rocks were melted, which could have very well happened at some point. What melted? I see it like melted, like, like melted. Okay. Red Rocks Park in California literally looks melted. If wow. you look up a picture of Red Rocks Park in, in California, places like Bryce Canyon and some of the well-known parks in Utah. Ion um, looks like Sedona. It, it looks, it, it's, it's the same kind of ancient infrastructure that looks eroded. It looks, I mean, I think the whole Southwest, all of the, the formations that you see in the land, I think are part of this ancient infrastructure. And we see mesas and any kind of, you know, formation in the land. And it goes on up into Canada, places in Alberta, where you find, you know, again, this, it looks like this blown out infrastructure. Did something unnatural cause the Earth's deserts? And the cover-up has been, again, hiding this ancient civilization from us. Civilization was erased. Um, the Tataria through a great mud flood is what I'm learning about. Is this true? That's what I believe. And I didn't know about the mud flood when I first started doing the research. When I started doing the research, I, I knew about sacred geometry through my own intuition and processes when I was living in Oklahoma City, which is before I lived before I moved here. I moved to Oklahoma City in 2012, 2013. My brother was teaching at college in that area, and I was there to help take care of my mom. And it was there that I really, really started waking up to this ancient civilization. I mean, those buildings are so ancient looking too in OKC. Mm -hmm. And oh, OKC is like amazing. Yeah, I like <laughs> you know, it. When, when, you, when you start to see what's in the environment, it's everywhere. Earthworks and it's, it's really, really where I woke up to all of this and started to see what was going on and how it's all been hidden from us. Um, and it was also in Oklahoma City that I man, met, met a man who's a Moorish American. And it was through him that I learned about the Moors. Mm -hmm. And we're taught that the Moors were in Spain for seven or 800 years, civilized Spain, and that was it. Well, from what I'm understanding and know, and the Moors are still alive today, is that more, the word more goes back to Mu. 
Oh, and that this these are very this is an advanced ancient civilization that had empires within empire that were not fighting together. They were integrated. They were connected with the sacred geometry and this worldwide grid that my work is based on. Because I knew something about sacred geometry from Dronvillo Mckelzadek's work. I don't know if you're familiar with with Dronvillo. He brought sacred geometry back into collective awareness. But if had it not taken a workshop that was based on his work, um, Flower of Life workshop, I wouldn't wouldn't have picked up on any of this. But I had that knowledge before I started doing my own research. The Moors Moorish masonry is what what we know as Freemasons kind of took over, usurped. So they said, we did this, you know, when in fact, I think they just put a plaque on it <laughs> with a date or, or carved their, who did it in the cornerstone or whatever to take credit for it. But I don't think they actually built it, but I think they were involved in, in the cover-up of this original civilization. They're one of the secret societies involved in this. So this ancient civilization that included Tartaria, which was Asia, people know it as Tartaria because it was a lot of Russian researchers were talking about this over the years. And in their part of the world, it's Tartaria. The Tartars, we, we learned that the Tartars were Genghis Khan and his sons and the Mongol hordes. And we don't hear that it was an advanced, highly advanced civilization. And you find this same thing in Tartaria, Russia, China, Japan, Korea was all part of that, Tibet. You find this exact same things there that you do in Europe, that you do in North America, that you do in Africa. The infrastructure is the same. You, know, you mentioned the mud flood. I'm just going to backtrack and talk about my work a little bit and how I really got into this. When I was living in Oklahoma, I was uh, visiting different places around the Oklahoma City area with friends of mine, uh, which included Arkansas. We went down to Rockwall, Texas, and we stopped by Dealey Plaza in Dallas, and that's that really got my curiosity up because I had never been there before. And when I started asking questions about the JFK assassination, a Masonic involvement in his assassination was when I started to get a completely different picture of Freemasons that I had no opinion about before. None. I had no idea. So I was starting to get these streams of information coming in. This was between 2012 and 2016. So my, my unique contribution to this and what, me got, what got me into it was a friend of mine gave me this map that's pretty tattered by now, but there's a, it's called a star tetrahedron. So it's like a star of David that I found when I connected the dots of cities in North America. So this is Edmonton up here in Alberta. This is Merida in Yucatan in Mexico. It's the shape of a, what's called a star tetrahedron, Merkaba. Merkaba. And I had been as, you know, as soon as it was available on the internet, um, I was fascinated by earth energy researchers, and I found megalithomania conferences about 2011, and I'm, I'm like, can't get enough of their information. So what I knew by the time I found this on my own was the ancients were very precise, and that if I extended the lines out, places would line up, which is exactly what I found. And so what I did was I wrote down the places that were in alignment. And some of these are in lines and some of these are in circles. Okay. Um, but I think it's based on sacred geometry. That's why I said I really believe this was based on sacred geometry. And not only sacred geometry, but I also think astronomy. Okay. Because there are e eclipse paths that follow the same lines of cities over <laughs> and over again. Yes. And, and, and 
these ancient civilizations know how to put them there and we can't even today with yeah. all the Elon Musk's out there, we can't even recreate any of these uh, megaliths, correct, right? The correct. pyramids, we can't build that again and the pyramids having electricity, charging, and it's, yeah. We can't. These ancient humans had knowledge that we've lost. They had abilities to work with the elements that we don't know. I mean, I don't think they used pulleys to lift gigantic stones. I think they knew how to levitate them using sound and, and principles of physics. I think that's what they, or, or they knew, I don't know, they knew how to liquefy and then repour or, or oh. something, but it wasn't, you know, you see pictures of natives or slave, what we are told are slaves, like how were the pyramids built and they're wearing loincloths and they're, you know, <laughs> got these ropes and these logs and, you know, they're pulling, pulling, pulling. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. I don't think so. Yeah, no. No. Doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make. even, you know, anybody that's traveled, anybody that's seen any of the gigantic megaliths. Um, I went to Peru a couple of years ago. Amazing, amazing stonework there, polygonal stonework, you know, where you have these gigantic stones and they fit perfectly like a jigsaw puzzle. Some of it is dressed perfectly and some of it's not but the angles are all right and and you can't even stick a piece of paper in it they knew what they were doing and you know there wasn't any of this back and forth discussion about well is is the earth flat or is the earth round <laughs> none of that we, we knew who we were we knew where we came from we knew what we were doing here um i really believe organized religion came in with the hijack and i do believe that oh. the earth was hijacked yes and that's what we're living out today, that negative forces um, were jealous of humanity, of the creator. They wanted to be the top dogs. They wanted their top guy to be the top dog guy. And we would know that as Lucifer or Satan. Or When I was growing up, or even 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I wouldn't have believed any of that. <laughs> no way. I do now. I follow alternative media i don't watch mainstream media if i so if i follow news at all it's alternative but i find that to be valid and you know mainstream not so much i think there's an agenda to keep us in fear yeah to keep so us divided i agree like these creatures i don't know what they are if they're evil spirits if they're uh demons aliens i don't know but i know that there is some sort of vampiristic energy out there. You talk a lot about electricity and charging. I was just watching a video about how they harness this energy. And I was watching this video so good about, you know, merit, like the water, the currency, the water, the charge, the electric charge. This is why your credit card gets charged. You get put into a prison, you're charged with a assault or whatever. They're getting this fear. This fear is what they thrive on and the news and everything is always keeping us in this fear which i like to say false evidence appearing real the acronym or face everything and rise because i strongly believe that we need to face everything and it's nothing to be scared about when you face everything we make in our imagination we make the wolf bigger than it really is then we see the wolf and wolf run off and scared in the forest or whatever it's very true we're being manipulated we're being lied to to keep us in fear to keep us at a lower vibrational level if you've heard of dr david hawkins and his book power versus force 
Oh, I love and he has a he has a scale and the lowest levels of vibration are yeah. fear, shame, and the highest levels are love, joy, bliss. Any person that's vibrating at the highest levels of vibration that can stay in that. And you know, I'm very aware of it. It's hard for me to stay in it if I'm if something's happening. You know, I can be there when nothing's happening. Any person that can vibrate consistently like that. Is, is raising the level of consciousness of the collective exponentially. So it doesn't take everybody waking up. It takes enough waking up. It raises everybody. And that's where you get the hundredth mon monkey effect coming in. What is the hundredth monkey effect? So that's the idea um, based on this study that was done of these Japanese monkeys where there was some potatoes either left on the beach or you know, as part of the experiment. One monkey started to wash it off before he ate it, and another one did, and before you know it, all the monkeys are washing the potato. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, well, like there's somehow this collective aha moment. I unplugged from the matrix a long time ago, so I think I was able to receive this information because I was receptive and prepared because I've been interested in it my whole life, which makes me think maybe I was incarnated to do this you know, that it was my sole mission or something like that, because it's, it's easy work for me. And because I have the ability to put it into, into words and pictures so that you can see what I'm talking about. Cause I did, I wasn't born knowing this. I, you know, I, I didn't, once I started getting the information and that helped me put the puzzle together, I didn't have expectations. It's like my conclusions have come from my research and not the other way around. Except that I, I, I really, I started out with sacred geometry. I learned about the Moors. I was open to that. You know, they've used race and religion to divide us terribly and hurt us and distrust each other to harm each other. And that's all a big manipulation. And unfortunately, it's been very effective. Yes, it's very effective. And unfortunately, 100 monkey study. I didn't know about it, but I do know about all the monks and all the people who meditated in a group and then crime rates lowered and also just the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, how they all form together as a one unit conscience. How, why aren't we any different of that? We're the same. And that's why the controllers have kept us so divided so, and, and so ignorant. Mm -hmm. So we would not figure that out. Um, because we're very powerful beings, very powerful together and unified, and they have no authority. They're criminals. They have no authority over us. They have to trick us into believing that they're all powerful and we can't do anything, which isn't true. So Tataria, we were connected during this time. That's what I, that's what I believe. I, I, totally believe that. I think, I think we were in unity consciousness. Just to kind of tie some things into that, because what, I, what I've come to believe is that it started in Mu. It's the same civilization we know as Atlantis. But what we don't know is that this civilization existed until relatively recently. The conclusion that I've come to with my research is that there was a deliberately caused cataclysm. And I believe the mud flood was deliberately caused. I don't think we would, any life would exist if it was an extinction level natural event. But I think it was, it's, it took place within the last two to 300 years. I think it was planned by these negative beings, you know, fallen angels or demons or negative 
ETs, whatever you want to call them. I think they're all in the mix. Archons, I think they saw an opportunity to come in and take over. And I think what we're seeing playing out now is what they had planned. And they've been deathly afraid of humanity waking up. And so they've done everything they can to keep us from waking up, but they can't stop it. After this massive brainwashing and mind control that's been going on through the educational system and through television and through movies, and they don't see what's in front of them. And I don't just mean the ancient civilization, because once you start to see it, it's hard not, you can't not see it. I mean, once you start to really see it, it's everywhere. But another aspect of it is people are conditioned to believe what they're told. People have been conditioned not to think for themselves. Critical thinking is not part of our educational system. They want us trained, you know, able to read and write for the most part, you know, enough to work. And they've got this system set up and rigged perfectly. So we're paying them for everything. <laughs> we're, we're paying them for the alcohol yeah. and the drugs. <laughs> we're paying them for the movies that are mind controlling us. The and funding it. <laughs> um, you know, our taxes are paying for the wars that are destroying other countries. And the schooling system. We're paying for it all. <laughs> Yeah, our taxes pay for the schooling system, which teaches us not the critical thing, but just to remember what they say and write it down. If I remember what they tell me, don't question it and write it down, I'll get an A and go to Harvard or whatever. But if I question it, I get the F, I get laughed at by the group conscience of the school, of all the schoolmates and considered the class clown or whatever. And I can see how that turns people into wanting to just follow the crowd because of that social conditioning. So this Tartaria mud flood, I love how you worded it, the deliberate cataclysm, that it happened around the 1800s. Is that? I think it, I think it happened within the last two to 300 years. I think the official kickoff of the New World Order timeline was the Crystal Palace exhibition in 1851 presided over by Queen Victoria. I think the Victorian era was actually the big part of the reset narrative that was going on. I think things really started ramping up in the 1830s because when I've done my timeline research, that's when a lot of things start happening. I think a lot was happening in the second half of the 1700s, so between 1750 and 1800s. So I think I've got it narrowed down to about 1740 is when there were some events that started to happen that these beings were coming in and incarnating. You know, I put some things into words that sound kind of out there, but to me, they're not out there because of how I came into awareness of them. I think the Philadelphia experiment was involved in the timeline hijack. And within a couple of weeks after putting down you know, my first coherent timeline research looking into that. I was connected with the mud flood community. So when I first started talking about it, I thought maybe what the research that I had uncovered had something to do with it. And that's basically, um, there was a great frost of Ireland between 1740 and 1741. That was like 21 months of severely cold weather in Ireland that killed like a half a million people. Wow. Wow. I didn't even know it's, that. I, I didn't either. And, you know, I live in Sedona. I have friends that you would consider psychic or sensitive. And I'm not that way. I, I'm intuitive, but I'm not, I don't get information like that. 
and I had a friend stop by to see me and my roommate at the time was a reader. So she came by to see my, my roommate and then she stopped by to see me. She knocked on my door. She said, oh, I see your guides by your chair. They want me to tell you something. She said, they want me to tell you that what you're mulling is correct. And what I was thinking about was I was trying to figure out this 1492, 1942 time loop that I was strongly feeling was connected with 1717 as the midpoint year, but I couldn't figure it out. It's like, okay, there's something here. My friend then said, they want me to, what I'm getting is a picture of Ireland in 1743. And before that, everything's white and frozen. And after that, it's, it's green. So what I did after she said that was I looked up 1742 in Ireland. And what I got was the Great Frost of Ireland. And I got that Handel's Messiah premiered in Dublin in 1742, which would have been right after this event. The, the Messiah is, you know, hallelujah. That's premiering in Dublin in 1742, right after this, you know, massive cold weather, killing people, this premiere happens. And then I started, started researching from 1717 because that was the, that's halfway between 1492 and 1942. So 1492 is the year of the fall of Granada in Spain and the, the fall of the Moors. 1942 is midway through World War II. And when I first started researching it, that was the year of the Philadelphia experiment. I'm, I'm first digging for information for the Philadelphia experiment. I'm getting 1942. Now more often than not, you'll see 1943. These beings are highly attuned to numerology and occult practices. So numbers are important to them. And so a lot of my research has kind of gone into that. But when I started researching, there's 450 years between those two years. 1717 is at 225 on either side. When I started researching from 1717, I was just getting all kinds of really anomalous information. And some of it was numerological, you know, like certain dates. 717, 1717 was the year that Handel premiered his uh, water music on the Thames River with King George I, you know, Handel again, who was German, German turned British composer. 717, 1917 was the year that the British monarchy changed its name from the House of Saxe Coburg and Gotha to the House of Windsor. 717, 1917. So there's something going on with 17s there. But there was enough anomalous stuff coming up in the historical record that really. I really am convinced that there's something to it. And then the other thing that makes me think that the Great Frost of Ireland is significant is that it was from 1740 to 1741. Mayor Amschel Rothschild was born in 1744. So he was the founder of the Rothschild International Banking family. In 1748, Adam Weishaupt was born. And he was the founder of the Bavarian Order of the Illuminati. In 1750, the German founder of what is today the British royal family, royalty throughout the world, was born in Saxe-Coburg, Altenburg. At the time. Anyway, there was a bunch of Saxe-Coburgs going on. That was the lineage that basically replaced the original royal houses of Europe. Um, and I think that's where this negative lineage incarnated. And what I've come to think is that Great Frost of Ireland was the result of a rip in the fabric of space-time and that allowed these beings to come in and that the Philadelphia experiment had something to do with that because the ship disappeared, was gone for like 15 seconds or so, and it came back. There was a lot of power generated from it. And when it came back, the crew was like embedded in the, in the ship. They were crazy. The ones that survived had lots of problems afterwards. 
you know, people will say that never happened or time travel is crazy. There's so much we don't know about that's been kept from us. All the top scientists say that time travel is absolutely uh, possible just the way that they do. And also 1717 uh, is when the first uh, Freemasonic Lodge was founded, mm -hmm. I believe. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. in London. And the whole order of from 1740, 1717, 1740, then 1776 when the Bavarian Illuminati was founded. And then in 1888, because I like to, I'm really into the brainwashing and all that. But 1888 is when Jack the Ripper happened. And that was the first news story to push fear onto the public through the news, uh, the newspapers and all that. So they, all these stories of this person and you watch these Hollywood movies, like this movie from hell with Johnny Depp, who's the Pirates of the Caribbean, which goes into secret societies as well in that movie they show all the freemasonic stuff as well in the secret societies it just goes like perfectly along this timeline of illuminati secret societies grasping power and also with cern as well they're opening up portals with this boat disappearing and opening up this space i guess in earth a, a portal maybe cern's doing that today so it, it makes total sense i wouldn't be putting it out there as a serious theory if i didn't have reason to it's what came to me in my research in various ways various synchronicities and it's not any crazier than what they've done they did something this is my best effort to say okay this is i've been researching this extensively for three years now, this is where my research has brought me. You know, what we're seeing play out in the world today, unless you are mind controlled and brainwashed, is crazy. I mean, I was born in 63. I graduated from high school in 81. It wasn't like this. I mean, we had our own stuff, but it wasn't like this. And I think as in the 80s was when World War III started against humanity, because I've, I've been doing research on our history since World War II, looking at it with new eyes. And, you know, there were things that happened between 45 and 60 with the so-called end of World War II, you know, what happened in Japan and the nuclear bombs and are so-called, I mean, people tell you that didn't happen. Well, I don't know, but this is what our timeline says. Korea was divided. It was divided in the same way Vietnam was divided. Artificially, North becomes socialist, communist, South becomes capitalist. And then you're in the Cold War, so you have the, the communist country influence in Korea, you have the capitalist country influence in South Korea, and then all of a sudden you have a war that's been instigated. That war lasted three years. Per capita, it was like the deadliest war in history, destroying many of the cities in Korea. Same thing in Vietnam. North becomes socialist, communist, South becomes capitalist. Boom. You have an excuse to bomb this shit. Pardon my French. And destroy this infrastructure, have a war. It spills over into Laos. I don't know if you've heard of the Plain of Jars in Laos. It's been something interesting to look up. I first heard about it. I think it was Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, when I was much younger. You know, this huge plane of these megalithic stone jar looking 
creations. Nobody really knows what it was for. Some of them are huge. Was bombed for years, which made Laos like per capita the most heavily bombed country in history. Was do we know Laos was in the Vietnam War? You know, the excuse given is a uh, one of the Laos communists shot down an American plane, so we bombed the heck out of Laos for the next eight years or whatever. I mean, it's crazy. And I mean, that's going on today and even just decades ago with the wars that we were in going into the Middle East and bombing all these ancient places as well. Mm -hmm. Even the division of North Korea, South Korea, capitalist, communist, we could see that happening in America. There's the fires, these forest fires, right? This could also be part of the next great mud flood. We see in Canada, the city of Lytton has been totally destroyed. We see California forest fires. There's a mansion right here, burnt to a crisp, and then a mansion right next to it, not touched by anything. So the golf courses, how I was researching before this about the golf courses could be places where they're hiding pyramids under. I'm not too sure uh, in your research. That's why I'd like to know a little bit about these golf courses around the world. My first ahas in doing this research was realizing that Golf courses are a cover-up of ancient sites. And I, I think they're mound sites. So I think they're earthworks. They were built that way. And you create a golf course, you just like dig out the top of it and you've got a sand trap. So that's one of the ways they cover up this ancient infrastructure. And these mounds are everywhere. The earth is heaven's mirror. There's something going on in the terrestrial infrastructure that has the counterpart in the heavens. And it was also part of this earth grid system that was electromagnetic in nature that generated free energy infrastructure railroads subways streetcars it was all part of that all part of the original civilization let me make a point before i leave history completely the reason i say i think world war ii started in 1980 there were civil wars and other things going on in different parts of the world but in 1980 was when i started looking at the details in doing the research was when all hell broke loose on the earth. We were in danger at any place at any time of getting blown out of the sky from a, a bombing of a plane to going to a disco or a restaurant and having a fire or having it blow up. It's when suicide bombings started. AIDS came in in 1981. That was when it was identified. And again, you know, nowadays you hear, well, it wasn't what we're told. Okay. I, I'm still... For most things, I have to go with what the historical record says in doing my research and then kind of pointing out some things. Starting in 1980, 1981, and in 81 is when I graduated from high school, was when this terrorist activity just exploded. It just exploded. From 1980 on up to the present day, though, it, it doesn't seem as bad. At least we don't have planes falling out of the sky every other, <laughs> every other week. And it was almost like that for decades. I'm seeing evidence that weather, hurricanes and tornadoes were manufactured, like a weather warfare. And I think that's still happening. The bad, bad weather that we see. And the ice, right? We're going right. back to the Ireland ice thing. We, that could have been a soft like test for Texas. Uh, they froze. I, I think they had the technology. HARP has been talked about for a long time as being involved with weather modification. But I think they possessed weather modification technology for quite some time because i think that's where a lot of the really big weather events come from and many years they're like one right after the other cat four cat five you know what do these disasters cause they cause death 
they cause destruction of land and property. They cause landslides. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people become homeless. What happens when you lose everything? I mean, you just have a vast number of people that are just completely uprooted, disempowered, disenfranchised by these events. That doesn't do our collective consciousness any good. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's Mother Nature that's behind this. And again, I'm, I'm not saying all of them because I can't, I can't say that, but I think a lot of them are. You know, this has been a warfare against humanity, against the creator, against creation by beings that are anti-life. And you used the term, you know, vampiric or parasitic earlier, that, that's what's going on. They don't have what we have. They can only get it synthetically, artificially through us, through our energy. And sometimes that's literally and sometimes that's figuratively. I think I've been blessed to have a fairly decent life you know, under the circumstances in the world we live in. I think there's a lot of human beings that haven't had that experience. And I, I don't really like to go into that too much, but, you know, I think that there's been a lot of genocide. With these, you talked about the Verde River a little bit. And another thing that really was fascinating that just opened my mind uh, in your research is these rivers being not natural but man-made and the s logo why is the s always there in all these rivers the exact same shape of rivers is found all over the world if you look at the salt river in phoenix look at google earth and you follow it you'll see the same it's it's almost exactly the same shapes sometimes it's more like an s sometimes it's a pointier shape and then it's a, a longer rounded shape the River Thames in London is like that. I found the same shapes in Mongolia. I find them all over the United States, you know, literally all over the world, in, in major rivers and creeks. And we're taught that these are natural, even though a lot of them have, you know, canal systems that are built near them. We grow up thinking they're natural because we haven't been told otherwise. But again, a lot of these rivers have um, masonry banks, like a canal. My husband and I lived in Fairbanks, Alaska, five years. He passed away in 2001. One of the things that we used to like to do, and I didn't do enough of it, but we had a canoe. We would go canoeing down the Chena River. And I couldn't figure out why there were rusty car bodies lining the sides of the Chena River in downtown Fairbanks. Floating on your canoe along and you see all these cars <laughs> on either side. It's like, what the heck are cars doing? <laughs> why did they do that? And, you know, now I think they were covering up masonry. You know, they'll, they'll do stuff like that. And then you have the Arizona Canal where you live, you know, goes through Scottsdale. Oh, yeah, the canal right here. There's, there's, there's canals all over Phoenix. Look in Gilbert down in that area. They have a story for everything, but they're canals. And these canals, again, are all over the world in places you would not expect to find them. I found them all over Central Asia when I was tracking alignments through there. Uzbekistan. Tajikistan. They have these beautiful canals there. So this original civilization was a canal building civilization. And we know about the ones in, in Venice, Italy. Sure. But there were canals all over. It's just, again, it's that shift where you start noticing these things. You know, it's just a matter of just starting to look, especially if you have things like that in your, in your neighborhood and just looking at it, seeing it differently because that's how they've hidden it from us. They didn't tell us about it. They say this guy built it or this happened in this year and hundreds of people died making this canal but here we have a canal it's that they're just cover stories this has been just an eye-opening chat thank you so much michelle you can find michelle just google or youtube michelle gibson piercing the veil of illusion 
where else can we find you? Or you can just click the links down below. We'll have all the links. Where can people find your research, find you at? Okay. So like you're saying, my blog is piercingtheveilevolution.com. My YouTube channel is Michelle Gibson. And if you type in Moors after my name, it'll pop right up because there's a lot of Michelle Gibsons. And I, I started my channel long before I started becoming a YouTube creator. So it doesn't match my blog for that reason. I'm on Patreon forward slash Piercing the Veil of Illusion. And I'm on a new platform called unguruyourlife.com. And that's an intentional use private membership association that's just getting launched. But you can go to unguruyourlife.com and I'll send you the link if anybody wants to check that out. And um, I'll have exclusive content there and a social media group and other special offerings there as well above and beyond my other platforms. It's just been an amazing journey. And I just encourage everybody, just don't take my word for it. Just go outside your door, start looking in your own community, look at rivers, look at parks, look at older buildings. If you have an older school still standing or a library or a courthouse or anything like that, the older buildings, I believe were original buildings and they just got renamed and repurposed and were part of the original grid system cathedrals, a lot of churches, the older buildings. And a lot of them have been torn down, but a lot of them are still standing. Museums, some older theaters, universities. I mean, if you look at El Paso High School, I invite you to look that up. El Paso High School looks like a gigantic Greco-Roman temple. Mind-blowing how they've hidden all this from us. They don't want us to know humanity was very advanced. Crazy people who just want to kill each other and eat each other but really that's unnatural that we actually are connected right yep and you know we we're talking a little bit earlier but i'm you know this is definitely a spiritual path for me uncover things and show people what i've seen and found that we've all been lied to we've all been manipulated we can make a different choice we can respond from love we can you know choose not to believe what we're told you know, based on race and religion and everything else. It's all designed to get us divided and fighting each other. The okay. beings behind this can't touch us, so they have to get us to do it to ourselves. You said respond to love, and I think that's the perfect way to explain the solution, in a sense, because they want us to react and react out of fear, but instead of reacting, responding... Mm -hmm.